Hey everybody, Jeremy Weiss here with Weiss Tech Hockey, and in this soundbite, I got a really great question uh, from one of our coaches, and um, he is coaching a junior A team, and uh, basically his question is, that he says, thanks for taking the time to read this. I'm coaching a junior A team and having a heck of a time getting them to have their sticks in the right position, defensively, especially in the neutral zone and in our end. Any simple suggestions on driving in their minds about stick positioning? So um, this is going to kind of go into a little bit of philosophy, personal philosophy um, for me on this, but especially at the high levels of play, like junior A hockey, um, you know, the older age groups, especially, and especially the older age groups at the highest levels, I just, I don't have a lot of sympathy for players who refuse to do what the coach is asking them to do. So in my experience, it's going to be one of three reasons why a player isn't doing what you've asked them to do. And then uh, once you can nail that down, then your course of action will be based on what that reason is. So the first reason is, uh, a possible reason is, is they don't understand what you're asking them to do. So do they understand the proper stick positioning that you're asking for in the defensive zone and the neutral zone? Um, if not, then you got to figure out a better way to explain it. And we'll talk about that in a second. The second one is uh, if they do understand it, then is it that they are incapable of doing it? Okay. So maybe there's, you know, a skill that you, a way that you want something performed, but they're just physically unable to do it. They're not good enough players to do what you're asking them to do. Now, something like stick positioning, to me, that's, I mean, you don't have to be a great skater or you don't have to be a great puck handler. You don't have to be a great passer to keep your stick in the, in the passing lane, for example, in the defensive zone. So, um, you know, either, you know, what the, those are the first two, either they don't understand what you're asking or they're incapable of doing what you're asking. Now, those are the two that you can actually work with. If it's the third one, the third one is that they don't want to do what you're asking. And unfortunately, especially at high levels of play, older age groups, um, you do get a lot of kids that think that they know what they're doing more than the coach does. And, uh, you know, they, for whatever reason, they think that they know better and they don't want to do what you're asking them to do. Um, so, Let's talk about what you do in each of these situations. Uh, if they don't understand what you're asking them to do, then you need to revamp the way that you're explaining it um, or possibly get another coach to explain it. Video works really well in these types of instances, um, you know, as you're watching an NHL game or, um, you know, a lot of good examples in the world junior tournaments and, you know, stuff like that, Olympics, you know, whatever footage you've got. Um, find footage of it being done the way that you want it done. Um, or even use your own team's game footage. You know, if you've got a couple players doing it right, but you know, a few more that aren't, take the players that are doing it right, point that, point those examples out. Um, and then also same thing, use the game footage to point out when they're not doing it and what happens when they don't do it. So point it out. Video doesn't lie. Um, you know, it's, it's obvious you can point that out and you can show I'm a huge proponent of video at all ages and all skill levels. Um, just because it's so, so effective. So um, that's the first step is, uh, you know, try to help them to understand what it is that you're asking for. Now, assuming that they understand it, maybe they're incapable of doing it. Well, that's a question of, you know, development drills and, um, you know, breaking it down for the basics and figuring out whether, what are the key points of, you know, stick positioning in whatever circumstance you're talking about. And, um, you know, try to break it down into fundamental points where they can, you um, you know, remember some basic guidelines 
and help them to, uh, you know, to develop those cues and those, you know, stick positioning is a, it's, it's an interesting example because it's not necessarily a physical skill. Um, but there is some mental skill that goes into it, you know, being able to read and anticipate the passing lanes, um, you know, or, or depending on, you know, what, what type of stick position you're talking about, if you're talking like stick positioning on a one-on-one, um, you know, again, it doesn't take a lot of skill, but they have to understand the mechanics behind keeping their stick in the proper position and what that will do for them uh, as they're playing a one-on-one. So, you know, like I said, it's uh, that the stick positioning is an interesting example. So you're going to have to attack that from both angles there. I, I, I think, um, you know, hit the, Hit the mental understanding, make sure they understand what you're asking for, and then working on specific drills that will develop that. Now, uh, breaking down to the third one, if you get to step three, then uh, it's not a fun place to be at. And that's basically where you've got uh, outright rebellion on your team. Uh, You know, one or two or more players uh, that refuse to do what you're asking them to do, even though they understand it and are capable of doing it. Uh, In that case, especially at the junior A level, I say cut them. Um, you know, and that's, that's a hard and fast line, but if, you know, in some, and, and I, I should pr- probably preface this, some organizations, it's a lot more difficult to make that cut, um, you know, than others, uh, you know, but for example, um, you know, the, the junior A league that I was playing in back in Toronto, uh, you know, when I was in my playing days, I mean, man, there was a waiting list on, on every team in that league. And, you know, people, they were, you know, and my team was definitely included in that, you know, if, if it was a privilege to play and if you wanted to play and if you wanted to move forward in your hockey career, you better do what the coach asks you to do. Um, if not, you're going to be a healthy scratch and, uh, or even worse, you're going to be let go and they'll fill your place with somebody who will do what the coach is asking them to do. And, uh, you know, for me, and, and this is my style of coaching, it's because I'm not here, especially at a junior A level, I'm not here to try to convince you to do anything. I'm here to make you a better hockey player, move you on to the next level and, uh, you know, and hopefully help my team to win some games. So at the junior A level, it's, it, it shouldn't be about, you know, um, you know, begging or motivating or anything like that. The players need to be self-driven. They need to be coachable at that age group and that skill level. Um, and they need to be, uh, you know, accountable for what they do. So I say, lay, you know, lay it out on the line and say, hey, you know, if, if you refuse to do this, you will see less ice time. If it still persists and you're just going to outright refuse to do what I'm asking you to do, then, you know, we'll, we'll find you, uh, you know, you can find yourself a different team. We'll replace you with somebody who will be coachable. And, uh, you know, for me, optimally, that's, that's what I, how I would deal with that. Um, start by limiting ice time and then, you know, move forward from there. But if you've got the same guys consistently doing it wrong and they're, you know, they're capable of doing it and they understand what you're asking and they're just flat out not doing it, then sit them. Um, sit them and if it escalates from there, cut them. Because, uh, you know, you've got better things to do with your time at that age group and that skill level than, uh, you know, babysitting players who won't put their sticks in the right position. So that's my two cents worth. Um, maybe it's a hard line. And you know what? If, if you're a, if you're a motivational expert, then, you know, maybe, maybe that direction isn't going to be the course of action for you. Uh, but I can tell you, I know my own strengths and weaknesses as a coach and babysitting, hand holding, uh, you know, raw, raw motivation is, it's not my deal. Um, not at that age group, not at that skill level, because, um, you know, that caliber of play, the players hopefully are looking to move forward to college or, you know, wherever else. Um, and for, for them to not be self-driven or coachable at that, at that caliber of play is, uh, there's really no excuse for it. So my guess is that's probably where it's going to be. I mean, junior A is a decent caliber of play and, um, 
I would hope that most players are capable of understanding you and uh, capable of putting their sticks in the proper position positions in the neutral zone defensive zone. So uh, yeah, my guess is you're probably going to have to go with step three there. And uh, that's, it's a tough position to be in, but it is what it is. And I say, hold your ground and uh, you know, make those kids do what, what you need them to do. And if not, replace them with players who will because uh you know it's junior hockey and there are there are lines lines upon lines of players who want to play that level and uh who will be coachable and who you know will be capable of sliding in so uh yeah like i always say my two cents worth but uh hopefully that helps and good luck with your team man